thank you so much, Pastor, for having me. What do you say about a pastor like Pastor Adams? You know, he's such a wonderful guy, wonderful friend, a great man of God. Um, I'm, I'm not new to their family and, and, and his, his lovely wife, the elect lady, amen, of, of this church. And I just asked Pastor Adams, I said, Pastor Adams, is that your daughter over there on that base? I remember, I remember her. I remember her. And when we left the time I was here, we, just, we were just in awe about, man, the sound in this place and the praise in this place, and the worship in this place. And it's just, it's an amazing place to be. And before I get started, I want you to know that everyone does not have what you have. Everyone does not have what you have to work with, to get in front of God, to get before him, to usher you into his presence and to his spirit. You should be thankful. Shake your head this way. Yeah. For those of you who know me, I've been here before, y'all. Y'all know me. Shake your head this way. I, I come with instructions. Yeah. And they're not prompted by Pastor Adams. It's just that when you see God, you ought to recognize God. And you're his people. You should know God when you see him. Amen. Which brings me right to where I need to be. Anybody here like greens and cornbread? Mashed potatoes and gravy. Okra and tomato. Did I miss you? Rice and gravy. See how y'all talking now? Well, good preaching go with amen, just like all that go together. Now, I don't know what y'all got to do later, but I ain't getting out of here until I get enough of them. (laughs) Amen. Thank you. To God be the glory from Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah chapter 1. My brother down here on the front row. I, I, man, I've lost for your name. It's good to see you, brother. And even better to see you with a microphone in your head. I say, oh, sing it now. Yeah, Brother Plato, that's my favorite. I, there he is. There go Mike. I got you. I love you, man. I love you. From Jeremiah chapter 1, Jeremiah chapter 1, verse number 4. When the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. I like to borrow from verse five. I know you. I know you. It's amazing that when I was just talking a minute ago, I said, when you see God, you ought to recognize him and acknowledge him. God has, throughout his word, even in Revelation chapter 2, he says to the church at Ephesus, this church that had forsaken their first love, he says in verse number 1, unto the angel of the church of Ephesus, write, these 
things said he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. Verse 2, he says, I know thy works. I better instead, before we get to what it is he knows, he says, I know you. To the church at Smear in the verse number 8, he says in he says to the angels of the church of Smyrna, write these things, said the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. I know you. The church of Pergamos, verse number 13. I, and that's the church that needed to repent. He said, I know you. The church at Thyatira, the church with the false prophets. In verse number 19, he says, I know you. In chapter 3, the church at Sardis, the church that fell asleep, he says in verse number 1, I know you. The church of Philadelphia, the one that had endured patiently, he says in verse number 8, chapter 3, verse number 8, I know you. To the church at Laodicea, in chapter 3, verse number 15, he says, I know you you. This is almighty God. I don't know who I came to preach to today. I don't know who I'm going to talk to today. I'm going to talk to, but I hope that it falls on you today. And I hope that you realize that almighty God knows you no matter where you are in life, no matter what's going on in your life, no matter who's in your life, God knows you. He has not forgotten you. He knows you intricately knows your name this is bible study so i'm not going to concentrate so much on on preaching but when i get to talk about jesus something happens let us look at jeremiah in chapter one let's go to verse number five again it says then the word of the lord came unto me saying now when I hear that, I used to read fast. I slow down now because I get a whole lot more out of it. First of all, the word of the Lord came doing what? Saying. If he's saying, then you need to be, oh, move to the front of the church. He said, he said hear me now. He says, he says, before, before, before I formed thee in the belly. Before you were in the belly, before mama met daddy, before, shout before. I like to put scriptures together. He said before you were in the belly. He says, I knew thee. Can we walk through the word? Let's go to Genesis chapter one. Just go to Genesis chapter one. And let's look at verse number 26. Help me, Holy Ghost. Verse number 26. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea. And so on and so on. Verse 27 says, so God created man 
in his own image, in the image of God, created he him, male and female, created he them. Verse 26 says that God created us in his own image and in his own likeness. Well, what is the image of God? What is the likeness of God? Can anybody answer me up in here? John chapter 4, verse 24, I'll let you get there. Amen, I'll let you get there. John chapter 4, verse 24. Let's think about this now because you know more than you know. I'm just going to tie it in and you're going to say, hmm, that's good, baby. (laughs) So if he created us in his image and in his likeness, what is the image and the likeness of God? We've got it confused. We thought we were born human beings and given a spirit. We have always been spirit beings and given a human body. God is a, come on, say it again. God is a what? God is a what? Now that you got it, understand this. He created us in his likeness and in his image. That means he created us a spirit being. Huh. We're still in Genesis chapter one. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. The heaven and oh, earth wasn't an afterthought, and neither were you. What's this thing he's doing in chapter two? In chapter two, verse number seven. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils and the nost- into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. Watch. In Genesis chapter 1, God created you in his image, in his likeness. Somebody say spirit being. Spirit. In chapter 2, he takes that spirit being, looks at the clay. Picks up the clay and says, huh? Now man becomes a living soul. Jeremiah says, before I formed you in your mother's belly, I knew you. How did he know me? Well, way back in the beginning in Genesis chapter one, he created me a spirit being. I wasn't an afterthought. I came in the beginning. Now, hold on. How's that, Pastor McGee? Go back to one. One in 27. Watch this. Oh, glory to God. Help me, God. Help me. Help me, Holy Ghost, because some of them looking at me like they ain't getting this. We're going to get this. You're going to get this today, Kevin Hart. All right, all right, all right. In Genesis chapter 1, way back in the beginning, before he breathed into the dust and made man a living soul where he could walk, talk, feel, and have emotions, he had already created you a spirit being. But now hold on, he didn't just do a spirit being, he did a male and he did a female. Uh What do you mean, Pastor McGee? Yeah. Jeremiah says, before my mama met my daddy, before I was in my mama's womb, before they hooked up, He already knew me because I existed from back in the beginning when God created. Teach McGee, I will. Call me. What's your number? (laughs) 
He said, take me to Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. He says, before I formed you in the belly, Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, Jeremiah chapter 1, in the belly I knew thee, and before thou camest forth from the womb. So before mom and daddy knew each other, and before I came out of my mama, he says, I sanctified thee and ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Now, this is his word to Jeremiah, but he didn't create Jeremiah any different from how he created us. So what really happened was, what's your name, brother? Kenny. Kenny. So Kenny, what really happened was, is one day, not one day, back in the beginning, when he created male and female spirit, Kenny was there. Oh, watch me, Kenny. And when you're appointed time, when, when, when he set you aside because you're an answer to something. <laughs> but the answer didn't need to come until your birthday came. That's when he took your spirit that was created a long time ago, hooked it up with your body, blew it into you, and now you walk on the path of destiny to be an answer for something that God needs an answer for. He said, I sanctified thee and ordained thee. In other words, I got a moment for you. There's a purpose for your life. And God knew it way back then. Whew. You want to see Jesus come on the scene? Watch this. Give me. Uh, you asked for a rhema word. Here it come. Give me John 1 and 1. In the beginning, John 1 and 1. I wait on him to catch up. And the word was with God. And the word was God. Uh-oh, come on. Roll it, roll it, roll it. The same was in the beginning with God. I like that. Next verse, come on. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Uh-oh. Was you know, all of that stuff when I was a kid, I used to say, what are they talking about? The word of God? God was with the word? The word was God? That, that, that's too much. It's too much. And all the older people were shouting and just clapping their hands. Come on, yes, sir. Amen. And I was like, what, what, what did you say? And all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Roll with me. Come on. Keep going. In him was life, and the life was the I am the of the oh uh oh mm, getting somewhere watch this and in him was life and the life was the light of men next verse the light shineth in darkness this way you need to highlight sticky note shade whatever it is bend the page spill some coffee do something <laughs> and the light shineth in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. See, God's not going to go out of bounds. He's going to do it. He's going to do it where nobody be able to throw the flag and say, foul. Well, Satan can't say, well, no, this is different. Next verse. The light shined in darkness and darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. That was his cousin. He was the forerunner of Christ. He was the one to say, hey, he coming, he coming, he coming. The same came for witness to bear witness, I told you, to that what? 
to the light that all men through him might believe. Oh my God. Let's go back to Genesis. I know y'all got phones. I used to say, I want to hear the pages turning. (laughs) Genesis chapter one. Give me verse number. Glory to God. Am I helping somebody so far? Genesis chapter one. And let's get verse number three. And God said, let there be light. (laughs) And there was light. Verse four. And God saw the light that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. I like that. Somebody say, I'm looking for Jesus. First day. Let's see what happened on the second day. Verse 7. God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament to the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so. And God called the firmament heaven. And the evening and the morning were the. Oh, my God. Y'all catch on fast. Verse 9. Verse 10. And God called the dry land earth and gathered it together of the waters he called seas. And God saw it was good. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass and herb yielding seed. Go down to verse number 13. And the evening and the morning were the. Oh, let's go to verse number 14. And God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years and let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so when God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. God set them in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. God saw that it was good and the evening and the morning were the now hold on I said a whole lot but I know I just said light again what happened because this light that you see here on the fourth day that's the sun the moon the stars that's how we have seasons that's how we set our calendar but verse number three and four I don't know about y'all but when I was coming up we used to watch what you call schoolhouse rock. My mother was a school teacher. My grandmother was a librarian. I think I told y'all that the last time. So if you want all those references, pull the last video. But this is what's important. In verse number three, God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. Verse number five. I got any educators at him? Any educators? Nobody teach school? All right. I can tell you anything, you're going to believe me. (laughs) Verse number five. And God called the light. There it is. Called it what? God called the light. And the darkness he called. Now hold on now. Because if it's a now, it's a person, a place, or a thing. Uh Uh-huh. And it's also... If it's a person and it's he calling it, it's his name, it's going to be what? Capitalized. Don't you start your name with a capital letter? Watch what God does. And he called the light day. Talk to me. And the darkness he called 
night. John 1 and 5, I believe, said that, 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 that the light stood there with the darkness and darkness comprehended it not. In other words, neither was Jesus an afterthought. He wasn't waiting on the sins of the world to come and then send Jesus. He was there when God created the heavens and the earth. He said, let that be light. He said, stand right here, son. And Satan's standing there and he has no clue who Jesus is. Let me go to church on y'all. Some of y'all got trouble standing right next to you. In your house, on your job, on your street. It's in your heart and it don't have a clue of who you are next to it. And you just might be the ordained answer to bring light to a dark place. Woo! He says, I knew you, I ordained you, I set you apart. God knows you. He thought he forgot you. He didn't forget you. He knows you. Sometimes you're the one that forget who you are. We get a little sanctimonious sometimes. We get in the world a little bit. On Sundays, we carry our Bibles. On Sundays, we sanctified on Sundays. Get our church on. Then we motor mouth Mondays. Spreading mess and mischief. Then we have terrible Tuesday. Bad attitude. Nobody can figure out what's wrong with you. Whining Wednesday. You just complain about everything. Treacherous Thursday. Backstabbing everybody that told it on you and made you mad. On Monday and Tuesday, then you got fighting Friday. Now we fighting on Friday. Amen. Because everybody that you portrayed and set some traps for you and you want to approach them about what's going on. Then you got uh, sipping and slandering Saturday where it's been a hard week. Now you sipping and talking about everybody you had to deal with all week. And you wake up the next day and you're back to sanctified Sunday. <laughs> yeah, God didn't know, God ain't forgot who you were. You forgot who you were. We're the ones when it's, that, that has the problem when it comes to our identity and the expectations of God. Remember when Peter was put in prison? They went to, was it Rhonda's house? Everybody in there scared and praying. Bible said Peter came up there. Do me a favor. I just want y'all, just right here in this section right here, just right here, I want y'all to pray. Just pray. You, just say whatever you want to say. At, no, whatever you want to say. <laughs> just, just talk. Just talk. And we're going to call that praying. All right? So the people need to hear you. Okay? Just now, go. Because hmm. Herod took him captive. Now he's in jail. Now all the people at the house praying. Because the church was in the house. Mm. And he's knocking at the door. And then Rhonda goes to the door and says, Who is it? He says, It's Peter. She come and tell the people praying. Y'all don't stop? Peter's at the door. Yep, yep. I, hey, I said Peter's at the door. 
Galo. Come back, Peter. They're still praying to get you out of jail. I said that to say this, because I tell you, it's not God that falls short on the expectation of his word. It's us. We pray and pray and pray. And sometimes the very thing that we've been praying for, because we don't have an expectation for it to come to pass, it's knocking at our door. And we're so busy being religious, we miss the relationship. Am I helping somebody? If I ain't helping you, I'm helping me. So we have an expectation. Jeremiah 29, 11. This is what he says to us. He said, I know you. I know there's a lot, you know, a lot of dynamics in me. I move around a lot and all that good stuff. But listen to what I'm saying. He knows you. And whatever it is that you're going through, it's going to be all right. Because we move from religion, Ten Commandments, to relationship, love thy neighbor as thyself. Now, who loves you more than yourself? You know, we couldn't keep them, but you know, we know how to love some folks. I don't know who you are. Don't give up, it ain't over. When God's children got out because of disobedience and they're about to go into exile in Babylon, he says this. But keep my word, I know what I think about you. <laughs> thoughts you don't have in, you might not have them right now. But I got thoughts of peace and not of evil like what's in your life now. I got, a, I got a plan, and it's better than what you're going through right now. <laughs> and, and it's got an expected end to it. In other words, I wrote this thing, so I know this thing. So I need you to do your part in this thing. No matter what the circumstance, preach to yourself, McGee. God's got it. He, he wrote the end for me. We've already been made victorious through Christ Jesus. The end has already been written. We're more than conquerors. So says the end that's already been written. We're lenders, not borrowers. So says the end. We're first and not last. So says the end. And I'm here to remind you today that he knows you. Look at your neighbor and say, he know you. Yeah, your problem is that your neighbor know you too. <laughs> Psalms 37 and 5 says, commit your ways to him. Trust him and he'll bring it to pass. You got to commit your way. This becomes a lifestyle, not a Sunday morning, not a Wednesday evening. This becomes a lifestyle. Whew. I don't know who I'm talking to. But when Paul said, I have fought the good fight of faith. Did y'all hear at the funerals? He wasn't talking about dying when he said, I fought the good fight of faith. When he said, I fought the good fight of faith, he said, I have faithfully made faith-filled decisions throughout my life. 
I didn't give up on what is that what it is that I was going to trust God on. I faithfully made faithful, faithful decisions. All of my decisions that I made, I entrusted God with it. I finished my course. Now I ain't talking about dying. But when he said I fought the good fight of faith, it was that I had to wake up every day and decide. But now let me help y'all, because some of y'all say, well, you know, Paul had it going on. You got it going on, too, because the God that I know can hang the sun, the moon, the stars. He can create me in his image, a spirit image. I know that if God said go right, I took a left. He still got a plan for my life on that left turn. Y'all, I bet y'all sing it. Don't give up on God, because he won't. You sing it, you ought to believe it. Paul said, right to divide the word of truth. Well, you can sing one wrong too. Millions didn't make it, but I was one of the ones who did. Because only 144,000 going to make it. Come on. Ain't no truth in that. It's going to be 144,000 priests let out upon the earth so people can get one more shot. Because he didn't give up on us. He knows you. There's nowhere you've been that he was not. He's a God that knows everything because he's every. And since he's every, he knows every. So why y'all bringing people down here to give them the microphone when they accept Christ so they can tell you about where they've been? It's between them and God. I ain't mean y'all. Would you get your wife? <laughs> oh, oh, that was Mr. Jeff? See, I know your name too. Father God, Mr. Jeff is... Uh, out there taunting me while I'm trying to deliver your word. <laughs> See how religious we become in this thing? And, and by the grace and blessings of Almighty God. See, I'm saying this because I mean this. You worship in a place where there ain't no judgment. Absolutely. And if, and if, if you've been forgiven, you absolutely know how. But forgiveness don't start with the person next to me. Forgiveness starts with me. Well, Pastor McGee, I've just been going through. I don't feel it like I used to. Telling you, man, Pastor McGee, to feel the power of God all over me. Even I could wake up and ride down the street. I just see God everywhere, and I don't know what has happened to me. Who am I talking to? My life has changed, Pastor McGee, and I really want to get back to. I just want to get back to God. I mean, I want I want to feel His presence again. Ooh, I'm glad you asked me. There is a way to get there. 
You want me to tell you what it is? Get there. Take all the formality out. You ain't got to wait till Sunday. You can get it at the sink while you're washing dishes. You can get there at the stop sign while you're waiting on that guy to cross them kids with his slow self. And you can, you can tell God, it's me and you today, baby. What's up? Huh? Take the religion out of it. Get the relationship. And it's all, anybody, anybody in here married? Huh? Long time, huh? You know how they stay married so long? Can, I'm going to break the man code. You all right? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I was wrong. I, I, I shouldn't have. I was wrong. I shouldn't have done that. I was wrong. I shouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. And I'm better than that. And you, you didn't deserve that. Well, thank you. We good now? We good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, no. He going to play it off as if he... Yeah, but, but you know, you shouldn't have, you shouldn't have, and never, I wouldn't have, if you wouldn't have, I was, yeah. that ain't a relationship. Now here's God waiting on you. He said, oh, thy Israel, I'm married to the backslider. Those people that are separated from me, I don't believe in the divorce. Come on, I got you. Romans says this, hold on, because I, I started out talking about Jeremiah and saying that he knows you, Right? And before you were in your mother's womb, he formed you, he ordained, he sanctified you and ordained you, right? So everybody in here has a gift or or an assignment, even if it's just to be a witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, or the uttermost part of the world, right? Everybody has something. But now I don't know how you have through religion, not relationship, but talked yourself into thinking that you're not worthy of God anymore and that God has given up on you. When God says the gifts of repentance are without, I mean, the gifts of God are without repentance, you know what he's really saying? He ain't saying what Modell you say, baby, you sang in the choir, you used to have it. You know, if you don't use it, you lose it. And then you ain't to say, you know, the gifts of God is without repentance, baby, it's just gone. If you read that scripture and put it in proper context, God is saying, I know it's all jacked up, messed up right now, but you know what? That thing that I gave you, I'm not taking it back and I ain't mad about it. So that assignment, that gift, that talent, whatever it is, you just got to get it back in place and use it. Yeah, you might have to dust it off a little bit, but you, 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 you should use it. We say God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. For the son of man came not to, oh, so why we do it? If Jesus didn't come do it, we shouldn't do it. I don't know who you are. And I might be here just for you, whomever you are. But it's time to get back in the game. It's time. <sighs> when you look around the church, especially I'm, I know on Sunday, 
And there's a crowd of people here. You have to ask yourself, are you part of the crowd? Are you a part of the committed that's in the crowd? He knows you. You can't fool him. And he is committed to you. Lastly, Philippians 4. That's in the Old Testament. I'll just make sure y'all wouldn't sleep. Some of y'all might want to go home and watch. Oh. Never mind. Green leaf. Yeah. yeah. Philippians chapter 4. General Electric Power Company. That's it. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Here we are. We got to get past ourselves. You got to light your own fire. This got to be personal to you. Your relationship with God is personal. We get hung up on what has happened to me. We get hung up on what I'm going through. And we have to get past our emotions. Help us, Pastor McGee. Ephesians chapter 4, Philippians chapter 4. Be careful, verse 6, for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. By the way, that word prayer in verse number six is more praise than it is prayer in its proper, uh, in its proper interpretation. Verse seven, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Huh. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your minds through Christ Jesus. We've been wanting to hang on to the understanding and we missed the gift that he really wanted us to depart with. Trying to get the understanding has kept us prisoner, handcuffed, sad, broke, busted, disgusted because we want to know why. But you know what God does better than that? He keeps the why and says, take the peace. I love that smile. He keeps the understanding and gives you the peace. Our problem is, is we want to exchange. I got to know somebody going to tell me. Why, God, why? 
And God's plan for you at this season of your life is not for you to know why, but for you to take the peace and run with it. And when it's time, because it's just not time for you to understand. And a few more Bible studies from now, a few more sermons from now, a little more word from now, and you mature in the word, then God can drop the understanding on you. But until that time, take the peace. Closing. Just like Paul, I said closing a couple times. Finally, finally. Verse number eight. Y'all say finally. Finally. Say it like I'm fixing to leave. Say finally. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, he knows you, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Now, I get excited when I talk about this because this is what I get excited when I talk about this because you don't need good news to have a good report. Some of us been waiting on good news before we shout, but I don't have to have good news to shout. I got a good report. So if you need some good news, I ain't going to ask you. You just ask me and I'll tell you how good God's been to me. And he goes on to say, if there's going to be any virtue, if there's going to be any praise, you got to think on those things. Let me say it like this. If there's going to be in your praise, you got to think on those things. And then you don't need good news to have a good report because the joy of the Lord is my strength. He's my buckler and my shield. I got a good report. I remember when I was flat on my back, didn't know how I was going to make it in a dark place at a dark time, but God stepped on in, raised me up and started me on my way. I don't need good news. I got a good report. And it's personal. He knows you. It's personal. He loves you. It's personal. If there's going to be any power in your praise, you got to think on those things. I got a question, Elizabeth. Is there any power in your praise? Can Can you look back over your life and not wait on me to give you some good news? And just go off the history of your good report. Can somebody clap their hand and say it's personal? You don't understand what I've been through. It's personal. My tears that you see that come out of my eyes. It's personal. I lift my hands. You don't understand it because it's personal. I shout when ain't nobody else shouting because it's personal. You don't know what I had to go through to get here. It's personal. And when I get up in the mornings just to make it to church, all the obstacles and detours I had to go through to get the word of God. It's personal. It's personal. When I I was sick, didn't know how I was going to get well. It's personal. It's personal. Shout to somebody, tell them it's personal. It's personal. Stand on your feet. It's personal. It's personal. 
That's what this whole thing is about. He said, I know you. Now I'm going to ask you, do you know him? See, it's personal. It's personal. God, I'm glad you know me. We say in the church, he knows me. Better than I know myself. And when this thing on the inside gets stirred up, things that I can't explain, it's personal. I'd like to tell you about it, Pastor. But when I try to describe how good God's been to me, it's personal. For things that I've seen, the vicissitudes of life and the circumstances, it's personal. The shame and embarrassment that God hides me from is personal. That's why, that's why I can't, I can't give up on him. Friends are gone. It's personal. And even though it's personal, we don't walk alone. And sometimes, if you're really in relationship with God and with your brothers and sisters, I don't need to know what's going on. Let's just walk. And no matter what happens, I got you. Sometimes we can't describe it. We don't know what to say. We took some losses. But God has never failed us. Come open up your mouth now. Thank him now. Don't wait on it to happen. Thank him now. Thank him now. Thank him now. Don't thank him now. Thank, don't wait till the lightning flash. Thank him now. Don't wait till don't wait till the storm comes. Thank him now. Lord, thank you for the people that assemble in this place. Thank you, God, for mending our hearts. Thank you for not giving up on us. Thank you for saving us and redeeming us. Thank you for pulling us back to you, God, like a good shepherd does. Now, God, personally, I say to you, My life is forever in your hands. Come with me no matter what. Trust you. Not for just my salvation, but for my redeeming Savior. A special blessing added on to the pastor of this house and the members of this place for allowing me to stand before them and to be transparent in my time of need and weakness. Let their lips part, dear God, in prayer for me, in strength, in healing, and most of all, God, in love. Thank you, God, 
for those who serve in this place and help the gospel to go forth, not only in this community, but around the world. Continue to keep them, God, and for whoever it was that I spoke to that tugged on me so hard today. Keep speaking to them, Lord. Put them in collision course with someone to finish off where I left off. We're not giving up and still praying for you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. And I thank you, God. Thank you for knowing me. And now, God, I know you. Amen.